17 through 18. And the Bible says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this message simply titled, The Holy Spirit. And if you're giving it a subtitle, Surrounding, Indwelling, Filling. Surrounding, Indwelling, Filling. Father, I pray. We've talked a whole lot about this, God. And I feel like I got a four tanks of gas filled feel like I got so much content that I got to try to deliver to your people. And my King, I just pray there, Lord, that you would anoint the ears that need to hear it. I pray, Father, that you would till the ground of the hearts, Lord God, that we would be able to receive this word in love. And Father, that we would be stirred to action. As we talk about your Holy Spirit, Lord, make yourself clear. Make yourself available. Show us, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Do me a favor, in your own words, with your eyes closed, with your head bowed, in your own words, would you begin to tell just, Holy Spirit, prepare my heart. Holy Spirit, teach me. Come on, if you're watching online, if you're here, would you just talk to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, prepare my heart. Holy Spirit, teach me. I want to hear from you. Holy Spirit, prepare my heart. The things that I've learned... Let me unlearn them for a minute that I may hear you. I don't want to hear a man. I don't want to hear dogma, doctrine. I don't want to hear what man thinks is theology. Lord, let me hear you, Holy Spirit. Speak to my heart. In your name we pray. I have a, a serious task at hand. The Bible says that God's ways are beyond finding out. That who can understand the mind of God? I laugh at denominations and, and different individuals who have been studied and know a lot more than me and have been in the word of God and have understood. I laugh at the ones that think that they have figured God out completely. It is those that you listen to that will tell you, I still don't understand. So as I try to kind of explain to you who the Holy Spirit is, I, I'm still trying to figure this thing out myself. The other day I told my boys, I said, can you bring me the hose because I needed to do some work. And they brought me the hose. The only thing is that as they brought me the hose, this mug was just, I mean, this is what they brought me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know when you put your headphones in your pocket? Remember when you used to have cables now? Because all y'all fancy, y'all got AirPods and stuff. And I'm like, and I got mad. I'm like, yo, like, why are you bringing me this? Like, this is not, this is not helpful for me. What's crazy about it is that the Lord revealed something to me in that very moment. That's what the Holy Spirit looks like for so many. 
It's this entangled thing that they told me that he didn't exist. They told me that he quit on us after the first century. These people told me that if I shandala, lo, 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 I'm going to get him and he's going to do all the work. These other people told me and this person told me this was going to happen. And this woman came up to me and said, I'm supposed to marry you. But she was crazy. I'm not marrying her. So I'm in rebellion. No, you're not in rebellion. You dodged the bullet. But that's another story. But I think I, I, it's so tangled, bro. That we, I'm, my, my hope and my job is to try to get to a point where I can untangle some of the stuff that unfortunately even people who are like me have taught you erroneously. Things over the next few, few weeks that we're going to go on that I'm hoping to God that if you would open up your hearts and you would allow for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that you would actually see that in scriptures all revelation is found. That God is in here, that he can explain everything to you. But what happens is that we're still trying to figure this tangled mess out. And I think what ends up happening sometimes is that instead of taking the time to untangle this, the yielding to the Holy Spirit when he wakes you up at four in the morning and he tells you, come talk to me. The opening up your Bible and beginning to read and shutting down exterior things. What ends up happening is that we just say, well, I'm just... Lord, you just, you, you walk with me, you help me, and I'm going to just live this life out. You just, you just, I know you're there. I don't understand you, but I, I don't know if I necessarily want to take the time to move from the outer courts to the inner courts. I don't know if I necessarily want to take the time to actually find myself understanding the mysteries of God. I, I'm going to leave you there. Other people will figure it out. Other people will untangle it. Well, my hope and my desire is that I can do that for you today. In some type of way, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to take the next few minutes to hopefully help you to understand who is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, he's the, the third person of the Trinity. And as you see, I'm going to take a seat because many people who have done the job or the task in which I'm trying to do have found themselves creating sensationalism and these emotional outbursts that have created and hurt more people than they have helped. So my heart and my desire is, will we see emotions? We probably will. Will we see gifts and manifestations? Yes, we will. Absolutely. But my desire today is I want to speak to your hearts and I want to speak to your minds. Hopefully, your hearts and your minds will catch up to what the Holy Spirit and the spirit inside of you has already attained. Your spirit inside of you, remember we talked about it last week? You didn't get a body and then you got a spirit for the body. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, before I formed you, I knew you. Your spirit got a body and it got a soul. So you've always been an eternal being. It's always been, you've been on the mind of Christ. But yet what happens is that we deny the spirit, we starve the spirit, and we don't understand it. And we leave it tangled up. And I, I need, Fonzo, can, can y'all can help me out? We're going to untangle some stuff. I got, we're going to untangle some stuff. This is what the Bible says. It says that, that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not just this entity, this weird thing. And I know that we live in the, we live in the times right now where you have to have, uh, uh, you, you, you identify as, as they and them. And I don't even know what to say. And I don't know what to call you or what not to call you. So I'm going to call you what my mama taught me. If you, praise God. It says he is a he and a him. He's not a that or an it. He, he's a person. 
He's a he or him. He's a person. It's the divine person. He is one third of, the, of God, the Godhead. What does that mean? That means that if you have water, that's one form. If you have ice, that's another form. And if you have steam, that's another form. They're all water. So he is one third of God. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He can be everywhere. He knows all things. He is eternal. He is the very spirit of God, a divine person that helps us. The, the actual word is parakletos, or it means someone who comes along to help you. That is who the Holy Spirit is. And I don't know about you, man, but I need all the help that I can get. What Jesus was, no, we can, we can keep it over there for now. I'll bring it on a little bit. What Jesus was to the Holy Spirit, the help, how he taught them, how he was able to walk with them, is what the Holy Spirit is for us. This is what we need. This is the friend that comes alongside of us. And talking about friends, I wanted to say hello to Jacob and Danica and Mimi who are here. Some of our dear friends who are from Pensacola, Florida, came up to hang out with us today. Love you guys. Thank y'all for hanging. Danica was here last time. Did you bring Arnold? I think Arnold was here. Yeah, he was hanging. I feel like I used him in an illustration or something. I can't remember. But Arnold, that's the homie. And then obviously the, the beautiful Allison's mom. She's prettier than Allison. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. She's the original Allison. She's the OG. She's the OG. I love you, mommy. Uh, what was I saying? What Jesus was to the, to the disciples is what the Holy Spirit is to us. He, uh, he's exclusive to believers. He's exclusive to us. But he does... He does affect the lives of unbelievers. You're going to see this in just a second. The journey that we talked about last Sunday of the 30, the 60, the 100, the Holy Spirit is the one that goes with us on that journey, that he ushers us forward, that he helps us in this thought of maturity, of spiritual maturity. There's one thing to be spiritual, and there's one thing to be spiritually mature. And the Holy Spirit helps us as we become spiritually mature. Watch this. In the verse that we read at the very beginning, it says the Holy Spirit, talking about him, who God is going to send to us. He said, he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans when I come to you. And I want to talk to you about three things. Remember, we talked about threes. It's threes. You're going to see threes all over the Bible. Number one, threes. You're going to see them everywhere. The Bible says right here that he dwells with you. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is with us. In another word, it says that he comes around us. You can even get to this point, depending on how seasoned of a saint you are, you would even use this point, he chases you. When you don't know Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit that chases after you. We, we have uh, Francis Thompson, he coined this phrase called the hound of heaven. Francis Thomas, he was at Thompson, he was an absolute disaster. He was a drug addict. He was doing things he had no business doing. He was running from God. He lied. He cheated. He did everything that you can imagine. He was sexually immoral. I mean, just all the way down the line, this man had all type of issues. But the Holy Spirit kept chasing after him. And he coined this poem called The Hound of Heaven. In this poem, I'm going to just take you a little tiny piece because there's so much to that poem. But listen to this. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. And then he says something that I thought was super illustrated, especially if you were born in the 90s or if you, you had an idea of what the 90s is. He says, but with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, he chased. I remember when I was a kid, you had these horror movies like Jason. And Jason would just... And people would be running. Oh my God, he's going to kill... 
running. I mean, sometimes they get in cars, helicopters, airplanes. They'll call Jason Peebles. Hey, take me an airplane. Let's go. Like everything. Like they would run and Jason would just. Michael Myers. Some of y'all are getting goosebumps right now. You're talking about Jason in church? That's the devil. <laughs> but he just, because it's an illustration. Because you may think that God is slow. You may think you left him back when you did that in 2013, or at the very beginning of the pandemic. But in unhurried chase, he's been chasing after you. And with just step after step, the Holy Spirit has come around you. The hound of heaven that won't leave you alone. This God, this person of God, the Holy Spirit, with the unbeliever. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 26, the Holy Spirit, he will testify. He will testify or tell or speak plainly of me. He, he opens the hearts of unbelievers. He pours this thing open. John, we all right? We good? Okay. John chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to help you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin. Again, you see those three things. Because they do not believe in me, he will judge of sin. Because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, he will judge of righteousness because I go to my father and they see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit actually comes alongside of you and alongside of the unbeliever, the person who doesn't know Jesus. And he begins to convict them of sin. He begins to show them because we have excuses. That, that ain't sin. That's just my environment. That's just the way that I am. That's the way that I was created. I just learned how to be that. No, that's sin. And we're justifying it and we're walking and we're nurturing it. We're moving into a season where we begin to practice sin. Where we begin to get good at it. And we tend to think, no, that's just the way I was born. That's just the way my mind works. That's just the way I think. That's just the way I am. When in reality, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you in your heart and begins to show you, no, that's not the way it works. He convicts you of sin to show you, yo, you're a sinner. Because if we don't know that we're a sinner, then how are we ever going to repent? If we don't think that we've done wrong, how do we think that God is going to come alongside of us? How are we going to get healed if we don't know that we're sick? The Holy Spirit begins to convict you and show you that you're a sinner, that it's not just your environment, that it's just not who you are. I want you to understand something, though. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not your job. Your job now is not to bring conviction to people because when you bring conviction to people, it's always going to be translated as condemnation. People are always going to receive it as condemnation. Elizabeth Brinton, she is a Girl Scout. I got a little bit of reverb, isn't me? Elizabeth Brinton, she was a Girl Scout. This girl sold 11,200 Girl Scout cookies. Elizabeth Brinton, we need her at the church. No, we don't. Listen to what this girl said. <laughs> they asked this girl, they said, how did you sell so many Girl, girl Scout cookies? How did you do that? She said, she said, this is my secret. I looked them right in the eye and I made them feel guilty. <laughs> that works for selling Girl Scout cookies. That doesn't work for sharing Christ. That doesn't because people are going to run the complete opposite way. Pentecost. 
we, we remember the story where the Holy Spirit came in and rushing wind, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but the, the Holy Spirit came in and it was a rushing wind and they got baptized and began to speak with other tongues. And there was thousands of people that were in the area because it was a big feast. And during that big feast, these people heard their own languages. And here it is, Peter, who had never preached before in his life. He had been walking with Jesus for three years now, being discipled. It's his turn. He begins to speak and he starts preaching boldly and talking to them about who Jesus was. These people are not drunk, which is what the people thought. They were like, yo, these people are drunk. No, no, no. We're not drunk. This is what Joel was talking about. Joel was talking about when the last days I will pour my spirit. And here it is. Peter is explaining this to them. And then the spirit of or the conviction of the Holy Spirit is shown in such a beautiful illustration. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 37. Now when they heard this, what Peter had preached, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Conviction is always created to lead you to salvation. The Holy Spirit is always going to convict you, not so that you can live in conviction because it turns into condemnation. That's not who God is. At that very moment, you can see conviction turn into salvation because over 3,000 people got saved by a guy who wasn't a preacher. By a guy who just 50 days before that had just denied Christ. I don't know him. I don't know him. Yes, you do know him. I don't know him. Yes, you do know him. On the third time, beep, 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 beep. Sounded like a Lil Wayne song. Uh, it will convict the world of sin. Now, when you, when you hear that word, he'll convict the word of sin, we can miss something that, I, it's crazy. We can miss something because we think that it's plural. It's not plural. Look at the scripture. Bring, bring it up right quick. Uh, it was the opening scripture. He says, and he will convict the world of sin. He doesn't say, and he will convict the world of sins. Because here's what's happening. You're convicting yourself of sins all the time. You're constantly giving yourself that. Where you're convicted of lust and lying and cheating and you have all of these different things. The Holy Spirit is not interested in convicting you in all of these different things. The Holy Spirit is, is interested in convicting you of sin, something that's plural. Verse 9, it says, and sin because they do not believe in me. See, society is not going to convict you of this. Your own conscience is not even going to convict you of this. There is a sin of unbelief. That is so prevalent in our world right now. That to some people it's even a badge of honor. Like I don't have to believe. I don't need a crutch. And God understood. The Holy Spirit understood. In this moment what he was saying was that if I can convict you of that sin of unbelief. It's always going to create something out of it. Salvation. So you're going to repent. The only way that you can get forgiven of all the other sins that I don't have to convict you. Is when you give your life to me. It's when you believe in me. When salvation enters into the pictures. I'm able to eliminate all of these different things. So he's going to convict you of sin. It's when you convicted. When you yield to it. It demands action. Conviction right. Like it's a legal term. If I get arrested. And I go to jail. And I get convicted of a crime. At that moment. Me going through legal proceedings. And me going through everything. Is not that that's it. I got convicted. No. Now it desires or demands action. Now that I'm convicted. There has to be a sentencing. Something has to happen with that. If it doesn't happen. Those are one of the most miserable people. That you will ever meet in your life. An unbeliever who is convicted of the Holy Spirit. But doesn't yield to him. Yo they say the most meanest things. You know that I've been there. 
I know you, you saved and you holy and you know you were born with the Bible on your right hand and the Lord saved you on high, glory to God. And you're looking at me all shameful, but yo, God had to have, it was a lot of grace to get me. He had to do a lot of chasing to get me because there were moments that the Holy Spirit was convicting me and I didn't yield to it. He ain't never let me sin right. Like you can't even enjoy it when the Holy Spirit is like convicting you. Like you want to do something, you're like, bro, come on, bro. Like let me do me, bro. Like let me have fun, bro. I'll, I'll repent later. Like... And it's just like you don't yield to the conviction. You're the most miserable, but you're driving in your car and the Holy Spirit starts talking to you. You need to get right. No, I'm turning left. <laughs> I want to I go the other way because conviction is always going to lead to salvation. The Holy Spirit is around you and he's picking at you and he's bringing people to talk to you. And he got this dude that said he wasn't going to be emotional and he's sitting down on a chair with his little computer and I mean with his little, you know, setup. And, and the Holy Spirit is telling you that, that it's not right what you're doing. That, that you have to repent, that he wants to love on you, that he's not here to condemn you. He's here to convict you, to bring you to salvation. Most people, though they see it as a badge of honor, they need to be forgiven of this unbelief because the Holy Spirit has been hounding you and chasing you. I got to keep moving. Oh my God. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. And the second one, number one, number one, the Holy Spirit brings conviction uh, of sin. Number two, he brings conviction of righteousness. I'm not as bad as everybody else. We all have those levels. We see people who are really bad and then we see people who are kind of bad and we're like in the middle like, ah, you know, I've given tithes and I go to church and I'm not that bad. And especially when you're in the world, you tend to separate yourself where you're like, yo, I'm not a, I don't ever steal, kill. I don't do any of those things. But you lie and you cheat and you manipulate and you do different things and you don't have Jesus in your heart. But you tend to convince yourself that I am a good person. The Holy Spirit will come to be able to show you and convict you of righteousness, that there is none righteous, no, not one. Jesus took it a step further. Though the religious leaders thought that they were the most righteous people, pastors, leaders, we, we, we're on top of the echelon. Jesus said to them, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, unless your righteousness exceeds that of religious leaders, you shall not even enter the kingdom of heaven. That means you're going to hell. If you don't, what a message, Chino. You just turn into like an 85-year-old preacher. I like it when you do all the screaming thing and you start running and doing all these illustrations. Why are you sitting there getting all teachy and telling me I'm going to hell? Because it's real. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the most religious leaders, he takes it a step further. Yo, Jesus, why? He says, be ye perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. Yo, do you understand the line that he put for you to be righteous? Unless you are perfect like God. Outside of my wife, I don't think nobody in here is perfect. She ain't perfect. She ain't perfect. But I'm trying to get some cool points. You feel me? <laughs> there is none righteous. So how are we going to make it to heaven? How the heck? Amen. Praise the Lord. How are we going to make it to heaven if Jesus said the line is be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect? Last week we talked about it. Moses, I want you to build a holy of holies. 10 by 10 by 10. It is in seeing the Lord's face. It is in dying to yourself. It is in following and submitting to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that in that moment your righteousness is stripped and you're able to go into the holy of holies because you died to yourself and you are consumed into the body of Christ. Ephesians says that it's in Christ. Our righteousness is found in Christ constantly over and over. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 says, and found, be found in him. 
not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He convicts you of righteousness. Number three, number one, he convicts you of sin. He convicts you of righteousness, but he also convicts the world of judgment because the ruler is being judged. If you push God away, you're standing in the way of judgment. If you don't listen to the conviction of the Lord when it comes to sin, and if you don't listen to the conviction of the Lord when he's telling you you're not good enough, you're not the last Coca-Cola in the desert, like you're not as good as you think you are. If you don't sit there and listen to that and allow for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to move you into holiness, to move you into salvation, then there is judgment that is evident. The proof of it, he said it in scriptures, is because Satan has been judged. I've said it over and over from this platform. Hell wasn't created for you. God doesn't send you to hell because you're a bad person. You begin to walk and you're walking one way. And if you don't repent and turn around from your wicked ways, if you continue to move that way, then you go where Satan goes. Watch this. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Going to come up on the screens here. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He didn't say that it were prepared for humankind. It didn't say that they were prepared for us. It wasn't prepared for the children of Israel. It wasn't prepared for the children of Ammon. It wasn't prepared for the Philistines. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is a real thing that if we don't listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and repent of our sins, repent of our own righteousness and submit to him, then we will be convicted of judgment. It's coming. And we're all going to pay the price. For to die, every single man is appointed once to die. The ugly part about that is that the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. If there is no payment for your sins by way of the blood of Jesus, if you haven't given your heart to him, which means I accept him, I believe in him, it is by faith and by faith alone that we shall be saved, then there is a judgment that's applied to them. He convicts you of sin, he convicts you of righteousness, and he convicts you of judgment. Okay, Chino, that's it. Like, I, I want to go home now. Let's go eat. Like, I'm tired. Okay, let's get into the good stuff. Y'all ready for the good stuff? Oh, no. I, I made you feel bad. You're like, oh, my God, I'm a sinner. I, if, as I look around the room, I don't know everybody's story, but I don't think a lot of y'all still fall in there. Because I, I see around the room, and I see some of you that you've given your heart to Jesus. And then we walk into the good side of this. Watch this. This is awesome. So the Holy Spirit, he comes alongside of you. He's with you. So this is what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, this is you, like a pretty you. This needs some exercise, you. Um, this is me. I'm healthy. Round. This is the Holy Spirit. This is you. And then this is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes with you. And that he's with you. The Holy Spirit is there and he comes alongside of you. And in this time, what he's trying to do is that he's trying to convict you of sin. Not to create condemnation, but to get you to follow and fall in love with Jesus because he loves you so much. He wants that perfect cross that he had, the finished work of the cross. He wants it to be payment so that you don't have to go to hell. He wants you to be not in your own righteousness, but found in him. He wants you to die to yourself so that you can become like Christ and not have to enter into the judgment, but be able to spend all eternity with the creator of heaven, the God that saved us, that rescued us, that you would sing holy, 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 that those who have left before you that called on the name of Jesus that you one day would be reunited with them that heaven wouldn't be something that we heard about or we listened to in a song but that it would be a reality that you would spend all of eternity with Jesus that's why the Holy Spirit comes next to you because he wants to lead you to salvation but then he says something differently at the very beginning opening text here's the promise if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray 
the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But watch this. But you know him for he dwells with you. You see it? He dwells with you. And then watch this. And he will be in you. He will be in you. That's, that's when it gets fun. Because he promised that this would happen. Matthew chapter 3, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. It says, I baptize you. This is John testifying of Jesus. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, Jesus, after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5, for John baptized with water. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He's no longer going to be with you side by side, but he's actually going to be inside of you. Then it happened. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. They were all, then they appeared to them, divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. Somebody say, upon each of them. And they were all filled, everybody say filled, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Two things happened. Number one, the promise was fulfilled. The baptism of of the Holy Spirit happened. That's what this whole deal is. Not only did the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it says, and they were filled. So the Holy Spirit makes permanent residence inside of you. At this very point, the Holy Spirit had not been given. It was there that the Holy Spirit had given. Now at the point of salvation, when you call on the name of Jesus, immediately at that moment, you don't got to know no jumping jacks. You don't got to give no tithe. You don't have to know the latest Hillsong, Maverick City music, or hymnal. At the moment that you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, at that very moment, at salvation, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. See, as a seal of the promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, don't you know that you are God's temple? And that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So when, when you live, when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, this isn't just for you to shit about a Honda, Akuna Matara, uh, follow my bow tie, E-D-D-I-E, that spells E-D. That, that is not what, that was, that's, I'm, listen to me. <laughs> and I need to stop playing around like that sometimes. Because it can confuse you and begin to think, oh, he doesn't believe in that stuff. No, 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 I, not only do I believe in that, but I'm going to take the next few weeks to teach you that. Because that, that little that little holes they got all tangled up, it gets in there sometimes. And even by me doing that sometimes, I could create that tangle where you're like, oh yeah, the Holy Ghost, yeah. Akuna Matata, Disney. That's, that's Akuna Matata, I know. Tuma, Pimba, what do they? I said it backwards. Pumba and Timba. <laughs> and I could create that, and I don't want to do that because I will under-spiritualize something that is, needs to be over-spiritualized. Because we've lost any type of holiness or awe to the things of God. Because see, in the old times if they put a seed in the ground they would pray and believe and when they saw that actually spring up to life it would be a miracle to them a plant grew to us we learned that junk in third grade we got the llama bean with the little plastic cup we put it in there we put water we left came back on monday and boom it grew up and we don't understand we've lost the awe 
of who God is. And my hope and my desire is not to create more distance, but to bring you closer to that. But I want to show you something because there's difference between spirituality and spiritual maturity. Because spiritual maturity begins to tell you when you're filled with the spirit, this is what happens. Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 through 24. We're going to read some Bible today. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Watch this. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Murder is added into these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit, one spirit, one fruit. But the fruit, when he's inside of you, this is what is produced out of him filling you. Out of him being inside of you, the Holy Spirit being in you, this is what's produced. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with their passions and their desires. That when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, he causes you to walk in these areas. Yo, please understand me. Don't think because, yo, I've done sexual immorality. I've called on the name of Jesus. That means that I'm not saved. No, 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 no. Please understand me. The work of the Holy Spirit is, is to get those things ironed out in you. It's when you begin to practice these things. If you played football, if you play any type of sport, you get up in the morning and you go work out and you learn how to do that. You grow in that. You become better at that. If we treat a sin that way, what we get better at and we grow in it and there's no, conv there's no conviction and we're just like, yo, I'm good at this thing. That's where you fall into the danger. If you continue to gratify your flesh, if you have a moment where you struggle, yo, the blood of Jesus is applied. Second, first John chapter two, verse one and two says, my little children, I, I tell you these things so you won't sin. But if you do sin, there is an advocate, Jesus Christ, who was a propitiation. His sacrifice was made so that you wouldn't be in sin. That's not a license for you to go do it again. That's so that you won't live in the condemnation, the shame and the guilt that tells you because I lied, I'm a liar. Because I sinned, I'm a sinner that you actually begin to yield to the holy spirit and say i don't need to do this no more it's not who i am i'm not gonna just just because i think oh i slipped and i messed up i might as well just keep doing it that's a bad place to be in the holy spirit can bring freedom out of these things and he actually wants you to bring freedom he wants you to walk in the spirit why because he's in you this is, this is where Jubilee is. Remember we talked about it last Sunday? The, the trumpets were sound. Jubilee, he comes inside of you. Jubilee mentioned or, or talks about debt being canceled, that you no longer have to pay that debt, that now you go walk in freedom. You can actually go back home, that you can live as heirs, that the children, as long as they're children, Galatians chapter 4, they are still subject to tutors and governors. That even if they're, even they're heirs, they own it all, but even if they're heirs, if they are children, they don't they don't differ from being slaves yeah. that my kids I love them to death but yo I'm not gonna sit down with my kids and give them my pin number and my bank account and tell them yo you can have everything everything belongs to them but they're children now what we talked about in our lead when we were sitting there in our prayer um, to this morning was that age 
doesn't make you mature. Because that's 45-year-olds that I wouldn't trust with $5. I'm not giving you no inheritance. The age isn't anything. It's maturity. It's wisdom. It's growing in the knowledge and the understanding. Because if you don't, it'll kill you. But if you can grow in the mind of Christ, if you can be renewed by the mind of Christ, if you don't be conformed to this world, Romans chapter 12, but you be renewed, that if you allow for God to change, then you start maturing. Then you start growing. Then you walk in the authority that God has given you. Because if you're a child, you sit there naming, claiming it, and throwing stuff out there, and jump into spiritual realms where you're going to get your butt kicked act chapter 19 the bible says that the sons of Sceva were out there jewish individuals who were trying to cast out demons and the demon turned to him and said buddy i know jesus and i know paul but you who, who are you because there's no authority there's no maturity inside of you and you will get ripped to shreds you might not physically get ripped to shreds but your finances will get ripped to shreds your family will get ripped to shreds your marriage will get ripped to shreds and you're wondering yo why am i under such attack because you're walking in uncharted waters without maturity stop chino we're gonna keep going once you become heirs you can enact legally we step into the 60 fold at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit went into them. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then it said, and the Holy Spirit filled them. Watch this. John chapter 7, verse 38 through 39. It says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures that says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not glorified. So the spirit at this moment wasn't living inside of them. But he said there's going to come a time where the Holy Spirit is going to be living inside of you. And there's going to come a time where you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And out of you will come like rivers of living water. I can't wait to unpack what that means. But we see the filling of it in the Old Testament. This isn't new to Christian believers. Like we've seen this in the Old Testament. Othniel in Judges chapter 3 verse 10. It says and the Holy Spirit came upon him. King Saul who was a wicked king. The Bible says and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he ripped an animal apart. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 11 verse 6. Samson. We know that he has repented of his sins. And it says in Judges chapter 14 verse 6. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. There were times that he destroyed people with a jaw of a donkey. Like the, the, the things that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon David and he began to prophesy. And there were wars that were won because the Holy Spirit came up upon them. Everybody say upon. Jesus says, out of your heart will, fro will flow live waters of living water. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living waters. For all of us in here, I, you know, hopefully you, you have a firm faith. But do you have a flowing faith? Like, is there something coming out of you? Or are you so filled that this is what you've become? Yeah. And after so long, if you take water, I remember we taught this years ago when we first started the church. I was trying to teach the team. I was like, you're meant to be filled so that you can be spilled. Because if you take water and you put it in a pond and there's no inlet or outlet and that water just sits there, it becomes stagnant. Yeah. Algae begins to grow. Moth, animals, nothing. It's not good for anything. If you drink it, it'll make you sick. It begins to smell. It begins to create damage. But when the water is flowing, you can actually drink it. You can bathe. You can clean in it. And hopefully what we are wanting for you to do is for the Holy Spirit to be living inside of you, but to make you a current 
where you continue to move and flow. And God begins to show you things and it begins to flow out of you. And God, watch, man, I'm, I'm going to unpack this stuff, man. I told y'all I wasn't going to do a lot of screaming. I want you to teach you. I hope, go back and listen to this message. Take some notes. I know a lot of y'all are. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, and in the last days, oh my God, watch this, bro. This is like, this is it. And in the last days, God declares that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And fire and blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. The great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass. That everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sons and daughters will prophesy. It didn't say pastors and leaders. It didn't say well-versed Christians. They understand it all. It just says those that have been submitted and those that have actually gone through a process and understand it. Sons and daughters. This is where God is talking to us. But all of these gifts... That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yo, Joe put that in there for a reason. Peter was even talking about it for a reason. As a matter of fact, we see the reason. Over 3,000 people got saved. The gifts, the flowing of the Holy Spirit is for somebody else. And for somebody else to get saved is not just for you. You are a servant. You are sealed to serve. You are filled to be spilled. That that's the reason why God has given us that. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power, dunamis, dynamite. That's where we get that word explosive or dynamite or dynamic. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word witnesses, it means martyr or martu. That word martyr doesn't mean that you die for Jesus. You don't become a martyr because you died for Jesus. It's somebody that lives and doesn't care if they die because of Jesus. It means that you're actually becoming a witness, that you're speaking about the things of God. It's Peter, man, who in Acts chapter 2, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit after denying and all of a sudden now he's sitting there and he's prophesying and he's preaching to thousands of people. It's for us to be spilled, not sealed. The baptism, it was the seal of the Holy Spirit in you forever. There's only one filling. I mean, there's only one baptism. But there's constant fillings that you constantly can be filled. This is what the filling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you. Then the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And then we head into this area. It's still the 60-fold. But the area that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks is this idea that once the Holy Spirit is inside of you, that now he begins to fill you. But what I want you to see when he fills you is that he's spilling you. That something is happening while the water of the Holy Spirit is inside of you, that it's actually bubbling out of you. And then you, gotta, you get filled again. And then you... You get filled again. Chino, that's not biblical. It was the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. You received, the, that's it. There's no constant filling. <laughs> in Acts chapter 4, bless the Lamb, was Peter baptized? Was Peter baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, not in the Holy Spirit? Was he baptized with the Holy Spirit and filled? Yes, he was in the upper room. The Bible says the evidence of that is when he came out and it says, and, and he began to preach boldly because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 8. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders, and he began to preach to them. Because they accused him of healing a man, and they, they wanted to kill him, but then they were like, yo, let's not kill him, let's just let him go. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't say nothing about Jesus, and we're going to let him go. Then Peter goes to the disciples, the same people that were baptized, that were in the upper room. He goes to them, and he says, yo, I'm free. Let's pray. God is miraculous. He let us go. And the Bible says that they begin to pray and thank God. You heard their accusations, Lord. You heard what they said about us. And he begins to preach. He begins to, to pray. But in the praying, Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to preach the word with boldness. These people had already received the filling of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But yet the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that they were filled again. I want this room to shake. I want God to do miracles in this place. I want one day for us to walk into this place and feel the anointing of God. I want this place to be filled. I long for the day where prayer will shake these walls. Paul, in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, Paul gets kicked off a, a donkey. And God, Paul was the guy who was killing Christians. God catches him. And God says, yo, you're no longer going to be killing Christians. Now you're going to be chasing after Christians to get them closer to me. And he, he does something remarkable. He blinds Paul. And then he tells somebody else in another completely different place, Ananias. He says, yo, I want you to go talk to Paul, which, by the way, we're going to learn about this. That's called the word of knowledge. Something is there, and I want you to go do something about it. It's something that exists. Not the word of wisdom, which means something that nobody knows, something that hasn't happened yet. The word of knowledge is to talk about something that's actually happening in that moment. He says, go over there and pray for him. And then watch this. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. After laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Four chapters later, Acts chapter 13, verse 9. But Paul, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at them. Here it is, he's filled again. In Acts chapter 13, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The disciples who had already received the Holy Spirit kept getting a filling. Do you know that this filling is not just a promise? It's a command. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. He starts this thing off, I think, in the most beautiful way. Therefore, be imitators of God. How much would we see happen in our nation if we were imitators of God? If we no longer just talked about the Bible but lived the Bible. Yo, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. You skip on down. It says, therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Anybody want to know what the will of the Lord is? But understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. There's one baptism, but there's many fillings. Why? Because we leak. That's who we are. The truth is, I don't want to leak. Because leaking means that I have been filled and it's coming out of me somewhere. I want to be spilled. 
I want God to fill me in such a way that every time he fills me up, I'm just pouring myself into that broken prostitute. That every time he fills me back up, I want to go, listen, right here, there's a kid right now that's about to kill somebody. I want him to know who Jesus is. I'm going to get spilled into him. I'm going to give him a word of knowledge. I want something to happen because I need God to save him because I'm tired of watching them die. <sighs> Sorry, I'm going to sit back down because I said I didn't want to do this. I'm going to sit back down. Yo, we need, I don't know about you, but we need the help of the Holy Spirit every single day. Man, I want to be filled every single day. <laughs> Chino, that was for the apostles. And after the first century, once they build the church and canon was completed, meaning all of scripture was done. At that very moment, we no longer need the Holy Spirit. We got the Bible. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. We read it a single moment ago. Verses 38 through 39. And he said to them, Peter, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord our God who calls, I'm sorry, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit draws you. Here it is. It is that promise. It wasn't just for them. It was for their children, for their children's children, and for everyone who was far off. How many of you understand that we are 2,000 plus years far off from that? And that the promise of the Holy Spirit, that if we believe and are baptized and we repent of our sins, that we will receive forgiveness and we will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yo, this isn't something that was just marked for somebody else. That this is available to each and every one of us. Charles Spurgeon, an incredible writer, an incredible preacher with fire, anointing, an incredible theologian. One of his last prayers. I mean, this thing, it was like a knife that would just hit me in the heart. The reason why I'm so passionate about this stuff is because I want us to wake up. Yo, whether we're here in person, we're watching online, like, yo, we, there's something more. Yes, yes. There's more. Yes. There's more than just talking about sex or relationships or talking about tithes and offerings or growth track or G groups or fellowship. That there's so much more. All of those things are great. Please don't understand. We're not going away from any of those things. But there's so much more because God wants to do that in you. It was the cry of Spurgeon that he said, Lord, God, if this doesn't burn in your heart. He said, Lord, send thy church men filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. His dying desire, a man who had preached for thousands of people, a man who had turned Britain upside down, a man who was filled himself, said, Lord, send men filled with the Holy Spirit and fire to your church. We don't need educators. We need people that are going to demonstrate this thing. People that are going to explain to us, but people that are going to walk into this thing. Because... Because what will happen, Fonzo, help me out real quick. Because what will happen is this. We, we get filled. The Holy Spirit. Sorry if I, I got blurry for you guys that are online. Come on, bring it over here. I, I'll tell you when, Fonzo. I'll tell you when. The Holy Spirit. That he surrounds you. 
that he convicts of sin, that he convicts of righteousness, that he convicts of judgment, and that he's indwelling inside of you. That at the point of salvation, every believer, he has this seal, this gift, this promise of the Holy Spirit where they can actually begin to walk out. That they no longer have to live after their flesh. That they no longer have to chase after the things of their flesh. But that they can walk in the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That he helps you. That he's a comforter. That every, when you're crying at night and you don't have anybody to comfort you, that you can have the Holy Spirit next to you that goes inside of you. And that he begins to comfort you. And according to 1 Corinthians, the comfort which we received from the Holy Spirit, he uses that to be able to comfort others. That the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That though you went through the divorce, that God is still there. That the Holy Spirit wraps his arm around you and says, I know he left you, but I'm not going to leave you. I know they walked away from you, but I promise I'm not going to i'm gonna dry your eyes i'm gonna love you that every time that your consciousness tells you you stupid you did it again you why did you do that like how dumb are you chino at what point are you gonna get it that the holy spirit comes alongside and he says we paid for that it silences the accusation what your conscience creates inside of you a debt that you can't afford it is the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ himself who says payment has already been made the accusation in your mind is silenced by the Holy Spirit he dwells inside of you but then he he fills us for service next week <laughs> dun, dun, dun. this is all we're gonna talk about it's gonna be good slow cook four o'clock in the morning get up slow cook this thing I want you to get it hopefully what I did today was I hope I unraveled this thought of who God is who is the Holy Spirit hopefully I gave you a little bit because sometimes when you when you when you when you kink it up the water can't flow but it's becoming when you begin to understand when you begin to get a revelation and you start under oh now it remember now it makes sense all of a sudden you start taking the kinks out and now it can begin to flow and now what happens is that the moment that you get filled with the Holy Spirit and it makes sense, it's all of a sudden in these moments where, where God starts to reveal things to you. And you're sitting at work and you're wondering to yourself, why is God telling me to talk to that person? Why did God give me that dream about her? Because he wants you to give that to them. Why is it that I'm getting filled? I'm having these dreams. I'm having these things. Why? Because I need to get spilled out. Because I need to constantly be filled. And you know what? I feel like I'm empty. Well, I'm going to fill you up. This is prayer. This is anointing. Cut that thing on. Cut that thing on. Tell them cut it on. This is where I start beginning to love on God. This is when I get to church early and I leave late. This is when I start opening up my Bible. This is when I consecrate myself. When I turn off Netflix. This is when I turn off my phone. This is when I shut. Tell them turn it on. I need it on. Turn it on. This is when I start stop watching Instagram and Twitter and I start filling myself up. Turn it on. Turn it on. Okay, cool. This is when I start getting filled up. Because what happens is this. Because what happens is this. For many of us, this is where we are. For some of us even. This is where we are. We feel dry. Can we be real? I just, I feel dry. 
I can't pray. Father, I love you. I thank you. Thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, um, yeah. Give me money. I need money. I need a whole lot of money. Uh, Lord, save my wife. She's crazy. Lord, talk to her. Help her. We feel like we're dry. And for those of you that have called on the name of Jesus, you just need to be filled. You're dry. You just need to be filled. I understand that you're dry. I understand, man, it's hard to read my Bible. It's hard to just get up in the morning. It's hard to do all of these things. But, yo, can I tell you that you just need to be filled. If a son asks his father for a piece of bread, would he give him a stone? If he asks him for a fish, would he give him a scorpion? So will your father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It's... It's an asking. It's an asking that you get filled up and that you watch yourself being spilled out. Would you do me a favor and would you stand up all over this room? Come on there. If you're online, just stay there. Just pause for a second. But all over this place, I'm, I'm going to pray for God to fill you today. And there may be physical manifestations. For some of us, there just may be, I just need to get filled up because Chino, I, I speak in tongues. Chino, I know the gifts of the Spirit. But Chino, I'm dry as a whistle right now. And I just need God to fill me up because I'm tired of struggling with sin. I can't find my way out of this lifestyle. I just need God to fill me up. And with every eye closed, every head bowed, come on, would you raise your hands in this place? And all over this place, would you begin to just say, fill me up? Come on, would you just begin to say, fill me up, Jesus. Come on, with your hands raised, would you say, fill me up. Oh, fill us up in this place, Lord. Oh, fill us up in this place, Lord. Come on, fill me up. for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media.